Thanks for listening to Worship Local. This is our podcast where we invite you into the long-winded, ever-deepening, and sometimes winding conversation of Frontier Church, where we exist for the glory of Jesus and the joy of Des Moines. Today is our annual Advent podcast. We do this once a year, starting last last year. The Advent right? of the Advent podcast. <laughs> so... Whether you live in Des Moines or elsewhere, we hope this podcast helps you worship local. Um, my name is Cole, and I love Christmas, and I'm here with... St. Andrew of Union Park. St. <laughs> Andrew, I like that, dude. Hey, we were, we've been talking about Advent for this past hour or so, sitting at the table. What was that sweet quote you had about Advent? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, the article reads, Nine months before Christmas morning... Jesus went from ruling the world in heaven with his Father and the Holy Spirit to enter into the smallest, most dependent, most microscopic form of human life. The God who authored a universe that can't be measured humbled himself into a form that can't be seen. Mm. It's a staggering thought. Even more mind-boggling is the fact that there was a time when the incarnate spirit of Jesus was in an embryonic human form that hadn't yet grown eyes, fingers, a brain, or even a spinal cord. Hmm. Even Christ's holy blood cells that would later be shed to save humanity first had to be formed by a yolk sac inside of Mary's womb. In the nine months leading up to Christmas, Jesus, who formed the world and invented human reproduction, was himself being formed inside one of his creations through the very blueprints he had established for human development. Hmm, dude, a microscopic savior. That's so good. That's powerful, man. Like I told you, I just read uh, this this morning, yeah. and it's taken my mind in a thousand places. It's awesome. Dude, I can't wait I can't wait to talk about Advent in this podcast. Um, I've got a couple things I'd love to accomplish. I'd love to hear how the Self and Dyke families are celebrating Advent. Um, I'd love to th- like think about how, how are churches and people who practice Advent different than people who only celebrate Christmas? Is there anything you want to accomplish in this podcast, bro? Yeah, I mean, as I was thinking about Advent and, you know, how I grew up and probably some questions that a lot of people have, you know, one thing is, you know, why should I care about Advent and the four themes that are, that are in Advent? Because yeah. it seems like it's sometimes you're just complicating Christmas and adding more religiosity in there. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So that's like, something I've been, I've been thinking through because I think yeah. that our culture, um, not our church culture, but our culture at large, you know, adding in more practices, adding in more steps, adding in more traditions is, is looked down upon. Mm-hmm. And that, that creeps into our subconscious, I, I think, at times. Totally. Totally, totally. Um, so before we kind of have that conversation about Advent, let, everybody wants to know, what are some of your favorite Christmas songs? That's what I want to know. Oh, I do not like Christmas songs. I like Christmas hymns, but I don't like Christmas songs. <laughs> okay, so like what are, what are uh, Christmas hymns? I mean, my favorite one is, Oh, Come, O Come, Emmanuel. That's one of my favorites. That We sang that on Sunday, and I got chills while I was back there running slides. Um, the language in there and the story of Advent is so rich and beautiful in that hymn. Um, and then Go Tell It on the Mountain is one of my favorite ones. Oh, dude, our kids love that yeah. song. Do your kids love it's that song? It's a banger, dude, yeah. Oh, dude, yep. it's such a banger. It's way good. Yeah, so that one, and then Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Russell, Russell can sing the chorus of Go Tell It on the Mountain. <laughs> That's awesome. Last year, we would do the... So we we sing uh, pretty much pretty much every night. We we sing we sing Christmas songs or Advent songs or whatever you want to call it during our family Advent celebration. And last year we would always have him do the last word of the phrase 
with the sentence. So we'd be, go tell it on the... We'd look at Russell and go, mountain over the hills and everywhere. But this year, he can actually sing that whole chorus. That's awesome. It's more of a mumble, but you get it. You You got kids. Yeah. I mumble a lot, so we're on the same level pretty much. (laughs) There's that one great verse in it, though. Uh, It ends with, and if I am a Christian, I am the least of all. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a do that song. I, I I don't know. Some people I think find that song to be corny. I don't know why. It's a real peppy one. Sure. But the imagery is so beautiful in it. And it's so it's easily it's easily singable. Um I love that song. I love it, dude. It's I good, love it. Good chanty one. Yeah. Yeah. So I know you're the most festive person in the room of and there's only two people in this room right now, but you're the most festive. So what are your some of your Christmas songs? Dude, I go to like I go to Sinatra and Bing Crosby. That's not surprising. I Dude, yeah. Um, Chloe's birthday is the 14th of December. Okay. And for her birthday, we always watch one of her favorite movies, which is White Christmas. <laughs> so, dude, I don't, I don't know what it is about that movie, but a couple of years ago, Chloe watched it for the first time. We watched it like four times in the month, dude. I'm, like, I'm not even joking. It was like three you. or four times. It's something about like the Christmas spirit, the festive attitude, plus like... Something about the nostalgia of listening to those songs okay. is, I don't know what it is. It just, it feels like a warm Christmas sweater. <laughs> but my, my favorite Christmas album is uh, Dustin Kensrue's This Good Night Is Still Everywhere. Yeah, that's a good one. That album, I know Kensrue's at a weird place theologically right now. I, whatever. Um, that album is awesome. Um, Christmas Baby Please Come Home. I love that one. Christmas Blues, Blue Christmas. Yeah. I'd suggest that album to everybody. It's a good one. This is War. Yeah. Is awesome. Yeah. That is a great one. And th- like one that he wrote on one of his worship albums is not technically a Christmas or Advent song, but Come Lord Jesus Come. Like that's a mm. I love that. I, just, I told you I was I listened to that one last night before I went to bed. It's such a good song. Dude. Have you watched so Have you watched It's a Wonderful Life yet? Love It's a Wonderful Life. That's got to be your favorite Christmas movie, right? That's yeah, definitely one of them. That was the one that my dad. We growing up, I'd probably watched that thing three or four times before. That was definitely like you watch that right after Thanksgiving lunch, mm-hmm. and then you probably watch it like once a week, catechizing yourself. <laughs> <laughs> what what stand what stands out to you in that movie? Um, you, <laughs> it makes me. It almost makes me cry at the end. Yeah, um, I think. That story is so relatable, and I think a lot of people can relate to it in different ways. Um, you know, like I always, I hate house problems. So like every time he comes down the stairs and you know gets to the end of the rail and the little, you know, I don't know what you call it, the cap on the end of the rail comes off, and he's just you know like Argh! just reminded. Oh gosh, yeah, a reminder right. of him of like the his house is like a um, a reminder of the brokenness of life and right. things not being as he wants them to be. Um, so like. I def- there are definitely things in my house where I'm like, oh, this is just a reminder that things in life aren't the way that I want them to be, and they're not the way that they should be. And so just seeing how, yeah, how he hates a lot of what's going on, you know, he felt like felt like he's dealt a bad, bad hand, even though he had mm-hmm. sacrificed a lot for people, and then it gets to the point where he wished he didn't exist, yeah, and then he gets yeah. to see what life would look like without him existing. It's so powerful. It dude. is. It's so powerful. I love the... For me, the the for me, what makes me tear up is the support of the community and family that rallies around him at the end of the movie. Oh, I just don't know what it is. Yeah, to see him experience feeling appreciated by his immediate community, uh-huh. 
It's just like, that's all a guy or a girl could ever, could ever want, Dude. you know? Yeah. It's so, yeah. I mean, apart from salvation by grace through faith. Right. You get it. You right. Get it. Have you ever watched the uh, the Bells of St. Mary's? I don't think I've heard of it, dude. Bing Crosby's in it. Oh, really? Yeah, you, you and Chloe will have to watch this one. The Bells of St. Mary's? Yeah, it's Bing Crosby and Ingrid Bergman, I think is how you pronounce her name. Okay. That was one that was in the cell family rotation. I don't think we've, I don't know if we've watched it since Tracy and I got married, but it's a sure. good one. Okay, I'll check that yeah, one out. You, we're, we're huge fans of, uh, I'll let you know when I watch that, we're huge fans of Christmas Vacation. Dude. Oh, I know. <laughs> you know that. It makes yeah. it into at least one sermon reference. I couldn't believe I didn't do a Christmas story on I know. Sunday. You still I have one more chance. Didn't have time. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Christmas Vacation takes that scene from It's a Wonderful Life and amplifies it. So it riffs off of it because that's a kind of a classic scene in um, It's a Wonderful Life where the knob comes off when he, when he walks downstairs. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Christmas Vacation riffs off that because Clark Griswold's walking downstairs and his is loose. And because he's crazy, he just takes his chainsaw and cuts it off. (laughs) (laughs) So it's almost like, I feel like it's a commentary on things have gotten even more out of hand and more delusional and more crazy since (laughs) It's a Wonderful Life. And Holiday Madness is even worse now than it was back then. That is true, sadly. <laughs> well, okay, let's let's shoot for a little bit of clarity. I, you know, I defined Advent really quickly on Sunday. How would you how would you define Advent? Explain it, whatever. Yeah, so Advent is the the, the word meaning coming or arrival. Um, so so um, the ancient people of God they were waiting for this arrival, this coming of the Messiah, right? And so for us as Christians. Um, we're waiting for the second advent, the second arrival, the second coming of Christ um, to not just usher in um, one way for all peoples through faith to to enter into God's family, but for Christ to come back and to bring bring God's people into new creation. And so... For, for us as a church, mm-hmm. we step into the Advent story. We use those ancient uh, believers in God, enter into their story to put that uh, story into our brains so that we can create an, uh, an equal uh, longing for Christ to come back. Yeah, it puts us in a really unique position, I think, as modern Christians, where we're, we're suspended between two Advents. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're kind of reimagining and reparticipating in Israel's longing for the first advent, and in a really cool and profound way that that disciples us to look forward to the second advent of mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about it. I don't know. This isn't a tight analogy, but one way that I was thinking about it is Tracy and I tried for about two years to get pregnant with our first child, and so like that longing for this child to come, mm-hmm. that that desire, the the gut wrenching soul squeezing desire for for a child to come and now Lydia's five years old and so now it's like this desire for her to um not just like just get out of her house but this desire for her own advent to come with her own family but like longing to see her grow up and flourish into a godly woman and start her own family so again it's not a tight analogy but it's like this she's here now but I'm longing for her to grow into who God wants her to be as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, 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 totally. But like, just, That's a good analogy, though. Just thinking through that that equal longing for that to, to happen. Like, I have her now, but I long for her to, to follow Jesus. I long for her to, to start her own family and to raise kids so I have grandkids. Like, so just trying to... Yeah. I, I've been trying to... 
I'm not the most creative of thinkers, but this Advent, I've been trying to think through, like, what are some different ways that I can view Advent to squeeze it into various nooks and crannies of my heart and of my mind? So that was one little goofy way that I was thinking about Advent the other day. Well, I like that question. And, you know, you might, I think a lot of church members might walk away from this podcast being like, well, you know, I don't know if I really want to celebrate Advent like that, or I don't, I don't know if I have time to celebrate Advent like the self celebrate it, or I don't know if I'm cheesy enough to celebrate Advent the way that the Dikeys celebrate <laughs> Advent, or yada, 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 yada. But I think if our people who are listening to this podcast just walk away and use that one question as a tool, I think that'd be a win. Mm-hmm. People walked away from this podcast and they began to ask themselves, what are ways that I can push the story of Advent into every nook and cranny of my heart and the hearts of my kids? Even if they began asking that question and didn't get answers, I think that'd be a win. I think so. Just if they use that as a diagnostic tool, just that one question. Yeah. That's, that's my metric right now. <laughs> <laughs> so our first December that we had together as a church was 2016. Yep. We didn't celebrate Advent. No. You wish we could have a do-over? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Now seeing like the fruit that's come from our Advent seasons um, for the past few years. But yeah, I had, we were trying to get our feet under us. We were trying mm-hmm. to figure out how do we do things as a church. Yeah, so we just did like everything in one Sunday. It's like, here's Advent. Now Jesus is here. Oh, yeah. Go home. <laughs> it's like movie trailers nowadays. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the whole plot of the movie's in it, but like condensed to three minutes. Right. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much what yeah. we did. I mean, it was still a win because it was our first, you know, first Christmas as a as a church family. We launched mm-hmm. in August, so, you know, we didn't launch with, like, an Easter tradition yet. Um, so even at that very, you know, immature, for lack of a better word, Advent, Christmas season, because it was immature. Our church was a, a baby at that point. Mm-hmm. We're a toddler now. But, um, yeah, just thinking through, looking back on that and being like, oh, that was cute, Andrew and Cole. That was cute. Dude, week, week to week, we were just looking to survive that first yeah. year, man. Like, honestly, I I even remember our first Easter. I I might, I think this memory is right. But I remember our first Easter, I think Judy Maxwell showed up with a couple flowers in her hands and was like, hey, I brought these because I just wasn't sure if you guys were going to remember or not that this is Easter. You know? And, you know, I think for both Easter and Christmas, I remember being like two weeks out and being like, oh, I should probably prep a sermon for Easter and Christmas. I didn't have a grid yet for, yeah. for how do we holistically disciple our church into these things. Yeah. Yeah, we were definitely constrained by the environment that we were gathering in. Because I remember the, yeah, that first Easter, we were like, it's so dark in there. How do we, you know, communicate the the light that we have in Christ, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It's like we hung out outside and drank coffee outside. And yeah, Judy brought those flowers. And, oh, we did. That's yeah, right. And Stephen. Yeah. So we had people handing out flowers. I think the Frichties, uh, I mean, Jay at least, you know, we're on a hospitality team, like handing out flowers and greeting people. Yeah, that's Christ right. Christ is risen. Yeah. So... Wasn't there some he has risen chair like cheer too or something like that? Yeah, I think yeah, we chanted that, yeah, like a leaving the huddle to go into the game. So I think we did that yeah, and then went inside and started the fun. service. Yeah. Okay, cool, man. Yeah, hey, I wish and and the next year, did we do a full advent season? Was I think that, was that the king of Christmas? Is that what we called yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, because that was our first Christmas in that's when we got into we moved into Noche in November, I believe. Yeah, we moved into Noche in November. So we yeah, did our first Advent series in in Noche, and we've been. This will be our third Christmas in Noche, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Let's see. I'm trying to. I'm trying to look up our first Advent sermon series. We've got Advent 2018. So yeah, that'd be 2018, 20. Yeah, so that would be our first 
I don't know. 2020 has screwed my memory up. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Okay, it's 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 mostly there. Yeah, you can. It, that'd be fun to go back and listen to some of those sermons. Maybe I'll try and find a way to splice up some sermon clips from those old <laughs> Advents and plug them into this podcast. Don't do That'd my cool. 2018 Advent sermon. <laughs> your 2018 Advent sermon was on... Ooh, you're wearing a vest, dude. Dude, that's whenever the mic Joy. jacked up and I tried to light the candle. Oh, was that when Chase was there? Yeah, Advent? Chase was oh, there. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I had, yeah, I was missing like half of my manuscript. I think I was like preached the shortest <laughs> sermon in Frontier's history. I think it was like 18 minutes or something. Oh, I think that's like universally the sermon you point out as your worst sermon. Yeah, right? that was, yeah. I remember a couple people came up to me after that and said, bro, that was Andrew's best sermon. Yeah, that's so <laughs> infuriating as a preacher, but it's also like, I'm just a tool up there that God is using. Uh, but yeah, 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 I remember that one. It's like, please, like if I don't believe in the rapture, but if the rapture did exist, please let it happen right now. Just take me, <laughs> just take me take now, me. Lord. <laughs> So how how uh, how is the Cell family celebrating Advent as a cohesive unit this year? Yeah, so so Tracy does something really cool with the kids in the morning. She has like you know everybody at, at probably at some point or another in their time growing up had a little Advent calendar with a little chocolates in there or whatever. So Tracy's doing that. So she's got she bought like this Advent calendar where it has little pouches and then you move the star as you count down the days to Christmas. But she has. Um, I don't remember what reading plan she's using it from, but uh, each each morning the kids wake up, they get a little chocolate, and then they Tracy has printed off uh, Advent readings from Scripture, and so she'll open up the Bible with them at the breakfast table and read that Advent verse uh, with them and mm. talk with them as they get the day started. Mm-hmm. So that's one way, and they they look forward to it obviously because of the chocolate, but you know yeah, it's yeah. work forming them and conditioning them to like pause and think about Jesus in the morning with that. But there, there's this, there's this, probably this formative thing that's happening in their soul where as silly as it sounds, their, their hearts are rightly beginning to identify the, the pleasure of eating chocolate with Jesus and uh, yeah. you want them forming those connections. Yeah. And then the, like the anticipation every morning to wake up for that, that chocolate and that scripture reading. It's like they have this longing. They're waiting on the uh, the advent of the Hershey kiss in the morning and the yeah. scripture reading. So the, the, the chocolate drug. That's right. You gotta got use the those chocolate drugs, man, to get kids to think about Jesus. You get the chocolate and then the chocolate chocolate. So <laughs> the chocolate chocolate. Yeah. Um, so chocolate yeah, of life. So that's one thing. And then Tracy got an advent wreath for us this year and with candles. And so um, lighting those candles to mark. So we we're, were tying that in with our uh, family Sabbath on Saturday of of. Uh, Tying in Advent with our with our Sabbath routine, so lighting that candle at, at dinner time um, for uh, for the, you know, the traditional colors of the candles, um, and then like that's kind of all. That's what we're doing right now, really, uh, with our kids as far as like uh, repeatable um, habits on a daily basis and on a weekly basis, mm-hmm. and then like Christmas Eve, we have our Christmas Eve traditions, and then. Um, then have our Christmas Day traditions as well. So we're trying to start small. Cool. Like cool. We, we definitely, my tendency is to like, let's do everything possible for Advent or for family worship. And then I just crush myself with too many expectations on a five-year-old, a three-year-old and a three-month-old. So, yeah, that's kind of your thing. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. I definitely start off yeah, way too yeah. bold and vigorous and then have to shrink back and then I feel ashamed of myself. So, <laughs> <laughs> So Tracy's done a really good job of like, Hey, they're kids. We got to do like simple things with them. We don't have to read the whole of the Torah for Advent. We just let me piece together some things here, and then we'll read it with them. Mm, so, mm-hmm. so yeah. So we're doing simple things this year, and 
trying to build a, a framework to where we can expand, just kind of like what we've done in Frontier of like, hey, we're going to start here and then we're going to build, try to build upon this every year as we see what our church reacts to well, what we had, you know, too many expectations for, or what we mm-hmm. didn't do well in the previous year, and yeah. try, to, try to build on that. What are you guys doing this year? Yeah, uh, so Chloe's like Tracy, where I feel like Chloe's like really knocking it out of the park this year. She's done an, an awesome job helping our family celebrate Advent only just you know a couple weeks in, or how, how many days in are we, however many days we're in. Um, but it's been pretty awesome so far. So our, our rhythms are at the night, and we... First thing we do when we we celebrate Advent is we we ring the Advent bell. Right there's this little <laughs> bell, and you know Russell and Della for whatever reason just love ringing it. It's it's kind of a ritual. It uh-huh. marks the beginning of the Advent celebration. <laughs> you're you're involving the senses of the kids, so they like that. They they ring the bell, ding 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 ding, and then we all sit down. And we've we've also got an Advent calendar. It doesn't have chocolates. We should include that. <laughs> it's got the little books. Mm-hmm. And so you take out the the little book, and it's also an ornament. So you take the book out from the Advent calendar, and you read this tiny little two-paragraph summary of something that fits into the Advent story. Uh-huh. And then the kids go over, and they, they hang it up on the tree, and it's kind of fun. And also, we've, we've, got, uh, we've got candles that we light. So we light the first one. We say, okay, what's this for? You know, Russell says, hope, and Tella says, ope. Um, <laughs> and so you kind of get that light-in-the-dark sort of feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we sing uh, a Christmas hymn. Um, we've got seven printed out, and we just do one for every week of the night. Um, but honestly, it always descends into always sing and go tell it on the mountain. Because <laughs> they just love that. Yeah, you gotta got to keep the crowd pleased. Yeah, we try to give the crowd what they want. So we, we sing together. Um, and what Chloe has added this year is she's got little activities that will kind of go along with each one. Mm-hmm. So that's been really fun. Um, that's like... Pro level though, so if you're like listening to this and you're like, "Hey, I want to celebrate Advent for," the-. don't do this because this is like <laughs> Chloe's like going pro right now. Like uh, one of the one of the themes one night was Christus Victor, Jesus as as Victor, and so she kind of turned that into Jesus as champion. So she got this little game ready for us where we had all these balls in the two boxes. And we would get 30 seconds to put as many of the balls from one basket into the second one. And then whoever won got the gold medal. They hung it on the tree for Jesus. And so that was sweet, man. But that's that's definitely like pro-level Advent right there. I think that's just a very dikey way of, of uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. introducing competition into, uh, into Advent liturgy. And I got to be honest with you guys. Della and I won. So it was close. Chloe actually beat me. But the real upset was that Della beat Russell. Oh, man. Yeah, this is an underdog year. Yeah. He, I mean, <laughs> Russell just kind of like examined the balls and like didn't want to put – but Della was all about it. She was like – So it was awesome. I, You know, I think at the end of the day, our, our goal is to do holistic discipleship. Mm-hmm. For the Advent story to sink into their hearts, imaginations, and senses. Mm-hmm. So I like the bell – Ding, 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 ding. It's involving the senses. I like the ornaments that get hung up. I think the candle is so crucial, right? It's visual. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of, inc- you're just sticking all the, all these things are like, it's like Velcro mm-hmm. for the Advent story to cling to their hearts a little bit more yep. easily. Yep. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's honestly why we, I mean, we just came off of our spiritual practices uh, sermon series. We talked mm-hmm. about the seasons and how, 
the seasons of the Christian calendar are formative for our hearts and for our discipleship and to making us look more like Jesus. And so it's really cool to go straight from that into Advent and to talk about like, this is why we want to do these things. We're going to, we're going to pause on our, on an expositional series or whatever we're in the middle of for the sake of creating certain habits and certain longings in our hearts and in our minds to long for Jesus's return. So it's really cool to come right off of that, talking about the seasons and getting to launch into one of the the biggest one of the biggest Christian seasons on the calendar. Yeah, yeah. K. A., James K. A. Smith has this great this great bit where he talks about how the liturgical calendar year, especially Advent, argues differently. Like it, it it is not an argument that is aimed at the intellect. It's an argument that's aimed at the heart. And he gives the example of imagine my kids someday who goes away to college, freshman year. Um, he's he's taken classes with anti-theistic, anti-theistic professors. He's beginning to, to, to doubt Christianity. And imagine that winter comes around and he sees a candle lit in his dorm room. That makes a different argument for the existence of Jesus mm-hmm. than intellectual arguments. The yes. warmth of the candle all of the visuals that it immediately brings up in his mind, all the memories that brings up into his mind, all the warmth that he brings up to his mind that he attributes to the Christian story. It's an argument that, I think he says, it's an argument that bypasses the brain and argues directly with the heart Mm -hmm. through the senses. Yes. Yeah, in our postmodern society, we've in a way wanted to simplify things and flatten things out, but we've in doing so complicated things in certain ways. And so looking at the majority of human history and seeing rituals and seeing practices and seeing habits, not just, you know, sitting in a little nook, reading a book and uh, trying to transform your mind by that and then have the answers to everything. You see people of all religions, but especially you look at the Jewish tradition and now the Christian tradition, there are the, all these these things that you do. You stand, you kneel, you prostrate yourself, mm-hmm. you raise your hands, you close your eyes, you smell things, you see things, you hear things. You, where you know you, we <clears throat> were with Advent wanting to do as much as we can to to form in our hearts this desire for Jesus to come back. So we we you know try to make the place smell a little differently. We put different candles out. We light mm-hmm. those things. We feel the warmth of a candle when we light it. We sing certain songs. We do those things all intentionally to yeah to create this yeah desire of the gut desire of the heart desire of the ears desire of the eyes desire of the mind for for mm-hmm. Jesus in really unique ways yeah 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 that's a that's a really good point i like the way that you phrased that and yeah in arguing at the heart in really 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 unique ways do you, like why do you think the majority of modern churches don't practice advent but skip right to the christmas story I'm not asking you to rip, yeah. but if you want to rip, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> it, it requires work. It's a, it's a lot of work to um, to construct an Advent series, but then also to to preach it. Like for me, I find it to be some of the most difficult. Not in like thinking through them, but of you know what what we try to do is, and it's not definitely like I. It's hard for me is to leave a cliffhanger at the end of the sermon, mm-hmm. right? It feels unnatural, like, for me. Like, I want everything as neat and tidy as possible. It is all natural, especially yeah. when we have a tradition as a church of preaching the gospel as the resolution every week. Right. And so we, we view our Sunday mornings as primarily for the believer, and so we have, like, this 
and they're de- the gospel is definitely proclaimed on Sunday mornings during Advent, but we the 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 tone and the texture of sermons during Advent are very different. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's hard in that that regard. Uh, it's also inconvenient. Like if you're in the middle of a, a lot of churches, if you're in the middle of a capital campaign, you don't want to spend yeah. four weeks, you know, doing this instead of your, you know, building bigger barns sermon series so you can, you know, build another campus. Um, what? Build a bigger barn? I just came up with that. Oh. I'm sure. I'm, <laughs> okay. sure, I'm sure somebody's used that before. I wasn't sure if that was like the, a, yeah the parable okay. of the barns. Um, um, and then I, I, I mean, a couple of times we've done the Advent. We've been in the middle of you know, uh, of a long expositional series. And so you're kind of worried about, am I going to lose momentum with this expositional series by, oh, pa- yeah. by pausing for four totally. weeks? And we add on, you know, New Creation Sunday. So we've got five weeks dedicated to the the return of Christ. Um, so I think those are a few ways. Those are really pragmatic. And I think, I think our, well, and I think our first year is, is indicative of a lot of churches. It's just, mm-hmm. you don't think about it. Yeah. You just yeah, think totally. about Christmas. And that's why that quote that I read earlier was really helpful for me of a the incarnation started before Christmas. It started in Mary's womb of this immaculate conception, this divine conception of, of the God man. It began before he was born. So as, sure. so for us, we look at Christ's birth and we just celebrate that on December 25th, but we neglect all the working that led up to that birth of Christ. Yeah. So I think that's, that's probably like the biggest one is like, yeah, I think cause Christmas right. is awesome. The birth of Christ is awesome, but I think we 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 don't look at another side of the diamond of the incarnation if we just look at that, like how many you know the the Jewish believers you know seeing a king rise up and be like maybe this is the guy maybe this is the one who's going to crush the head of the serpent and mm-hmm. then he has some moral failure or leads the kingdom into apostasy he's like well that wasn't that guy so mm-hmm. year after year decade after decade you're just waiting for the Messiah to come and so if we as believers and, and followers of Jesus if we're if we're not eagerly anticipating the the coming of Christ, and we're not thinking about the destruction of the world, or we're not thinking about how uh, Jesus is going to make everything better and everything perfect, we're, we're, we're not looking at that diamond of Christ's incarnation properly. And if we don't do that, then we're not going to look at his second advent properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think most modern churches have just leaned entirely into consumerism. And so how, how do we give... Our, our visitors something that's really easy and it's just really easy to consume. Mm-hmm. And that answer is really, really easy. You, you throw a banging Christmas service and yep. then just get on with it. Yep. Um, that sells. And most churches want to sell. Mm-hmm. Like most churches have a product to sell. What doesn't sell is four weeks of, hey, come wait with us. Mm-hmm. Come participate in a story that's not going to have resolution this Sunday yet. Come look forward with us. I mean, that's so countercultural, man. It is. And uh, are we complicating the Christmas story? Yes, but in the way that it's supposed to be complicated. Because the Christmas story is complicated. The mm-hmm. God of the universe taking on human form, subjecting himself to the womb of a woman and being born and being born of a family of low class. Like, it, the, the gospel story, the, the incarnation story is, is complicated. Mm-hmm. History is complicated. The return of Christ is complicated. So we want to inconvenience ourselves to fully appreciate that complication. And we just don't. We just don't make disciples for the God of instant gratification. No, 
Like, God's people have never been centered around instant gratification until the last 50 or 100 years. Mm-hmm. And one thing that we're seeing repeated, like, repeatedly through celebrity Christianity or just like our friends and generation in general is that when you disciple people to have the spirituality of instant gratification, they abandon Jesus immediately when they don't get whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so we're not going to play that game. No. And we've seen that, sadly, with a preacher of high profile and I'm not going to dump on him. I pray that he's repents and fully is restored to the faith and to the church. But yeah, bro. You know, he gets titled as you got this list of I think it was GQ or Forbes came out with this list of hype priests. Hype priests. Hype priests. Like, a, are they playing off of high priest? A hype beast. Yeah, hype beast and high high priest. Oh, okay. So it's a, yeah. A, a mix mix mash of of that. Um, because yeah, that is like you can yeah be a hype priest and have a hype church and uh, yeah just have this banging Christmas service, but people walk away just thinking that was a cool performance. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah that's and there are churches that that do big big performances and big things on on Christmas Sunday and they do it well and out of faithfulness to Jesus. Um, but we want to with the with the people we have in our church we. We want to enter into these historic, timeless Christian practices. That's right. And yeah. you can and you can be a megachurch, and there are megachurches in our, in our area, and I've been a part of some that that do big things, and they kind of toy with Advent a little bit, um, and they do it well, and people come to know Jesus as, as a result of that. But with our giftings, with our limitations, with the people that we have in our church, and the time that our church exists, we feel convicted to to do things a little differently. Not because we're better than anybody, but we, 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 if we individually, you and I and our pastoral team has this conviction for Advent and implementing it in our own family's lives, then why would we not do that for our church? Yeah, yeah, totally. Because our, our church is our family. And one of our, one of our foundational goals is we want to be our grandchildren's church. Mm-hmm. That, that doesn't work unless you're discipling people for timeless Christianity, mm-hmm. like a robust historical Christianity that outlasts trends and outlasts vogue. Otherwise, it doesn't get passed down to the grandchildren. No, because there'll be another trend that'll come around 20 right. years later. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. How, how do you think that people who practice Advent are different than people who only celebrate Christmas? We talked a little bit about why, why don't churches, why, why do churches only celebrate Christmas rather than Advent? But like, do you think there's a difference between people who practice Advent and people who only celebrate Christmas? Yeah, um, I think we touched on the consumerism piece um, in the you know in corporate churches. Um, so I think that Advent can be a um, a safeguard against you treating the celebration of Christ's incarnation as as just a day of getting gifts and singing different songs. So I think it's a mm-hmm. safeguard against consuming. Um, rather than being consumed by the story of Jesus entering into human history, mm, so mm-hmm. I, I think that's a it's a safeguard. And I, I grew up um, not doing like a robust Advent um, in in my home, but my parents still pointed me to Jesus. So I, I think you can just you can still celebrate um, celebrate just the Christmas Day or Christmas Eve and be a faithful follower of Jesus. I just think that there's practicing Advent can can be a, a safeguard around you and your home from consumerism mm-hmm. and of easy believe easy believism. There's still, you know, our church, our country is the most de-church that it's been in a long, long time. Art, some people would argue, in the history of our country. Sure, um, yeah. But there's still people who will tell you that they believe in 
believe in Jesus or that Jesus exists or that, yeah, he was born and, you know, my, my parents grew up Catholic and I don't really do that stuff anymore, but I still believe that Jesus is there and he, you know, helps me whenever I ask him to help me. So it's a way of, just as you said, um, I, I want to create longing in my children's hearts so that they pass it down to their children and my grandkids pass it down to my great-grandkids. So I want to do as much as I can to point to the importance of Christ's incarnation and the return of Christ. Um, I want to do as much as I can to ingrain that in my, in my kids. Um, so that, I mean, that might be one way. Um, um, yeah, I, I think going back to the diamond metaphor, I think you just get to see more beauty of Christ coming and Christ's return by, yeah. by practicing yeah. Advent. That might be the best way for me to articulate that. Yeah, yeah. I I think about you I I think that people who practice advent, I think Jesus shapes them into more hopeful people. Mm. We're we're at a place right now where you can no longer just go along with the flow of culture and still be a hopeful person. Mm-hmm. Every, everything in culture is it's 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 geared to make you a more hopeless and cynical person. So here's like it seems it seems like it's just vogue. Like the most vogue thing to be right now is entirely cynical, and there's no hope. Here's here's one academic on this. He says, "Among my generation, cynicism is no longer a bad word. It's being celebrated, and it's often mistaken for. I think this is key, and it's often mistaken for intelligence. In the age of cynicism, it's better to be dr- distrustful than open and hopeful. So." I want our church members to be full of hope, mm-hmm. and I want my kids to be full of hope. Um, but it's almost like the world won't take you seriously if you're a hopeful person. You're seen as childish, or you're seen mm-hmm. as naive. The world looks at you, and they're like, oh, I remember when I had hopes and dreams. And so it seems like the most fashionable choice in the world right now isn't a particular brand or clothing style. It's cynicism, right? And so I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I don't want our church members to be cynical. I don't want my kids to be cynical. Yeah. And I think that that Advent normalizes hope. Mm-hmm. And it normalizes delayed gratification as a regular and dependable part of Christianity. That's good. Where we wait for long-term resolution. Yeah. Yeah, do that. Probably any year more than I've been alive, this is a a time for us to increase our hope and remind us of where our hope is found. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 you know, as our culture tent, begins to look down on religion or being religious and seeing like Advent is, you know, maybe some unnecessary add-ons to that. I, I think that we, we're in a time where we need to increase our, our practices and increase our, totally. our being and doing, you know, if you think of the word, um, religion and religious and where that, where it gets its, you know, um, root from, um, it's like comes from to means to to bind, and so um, like as this word hmm. develops, means to, to bind or to be to have a bond. And so as we practice, um, is Advent religious? Yeah, it definitely is because we are binding ourselves to Jesus. We're binding ourselves yeah, yeah. to the story of Christ's entrance into human history and His return into human history. Um, so we definitely need to do that because we're we're being told by the media, by our social media feeds, by by politicians, by various experts in various fields, to bind ourselves to this way of thinking, mm, to bind ourselves mm-hmm. to this way of doing, and those 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 bonds lead to hopelessness. I see it in the face of of people I know. 
I hear it in the voices of people that I know, of this hopelessness. They're binding themselves to, maybe this thing will bring us out of this hole. Maybe this politician will, will bring us back to a place where we need to be. And it, and it just leads to utter hopelessness. Yeah, and the, and the thing that really scares me is that there's this pleasure with cynicism that's really dark. Oh, or there's is, this man. pleasure that comes along with hopelessness that's really dark. Because when you give yourself... When you reject hope and you and you embrace cynicism, not just as a one-time decision, but as a way of seeing the world, what begins to happen in your imagination is really dark. And what happens in your imagination, your attention, is that your attention begins to be attracted to things that are cynical mm-hmm. and dark and hopeless. And it begins to be the dominant way that you see the world. And all of a sudden, you begin to feel this self-righteous pleasure when you see other people stumble and fall and bad things happen in the world. And you cross your arms and deep down in your heart, you say, see, told you so. Mm -hmm. Or you see a, a prominent pastor commit adultery. And deep down in your heart, it kind of feels good because you feel self-righteous. Yeah. And so there's this pleasure that comes along with cynicism that's super alluring. And I think that the practice of Advent can buck that yes, and can disciple people to see the pleasure of hoping in Jesus Mm -hmm. rather than the pleasure of wanting things to fail. Mm -hmm. Because hope sometimes is all you have. Yeah. There are people that I know with chronic pain or chronic health conditions and all they have in life, all that's pleasurable in life is the hope that they have in Jesus and Jesus coming Mm -hmm. back to heal their bodies or Jesus coming back to, to reconcile their family or Jesus coming back to, to ending their chronic um, and crippling depression. Like sometimes that's all people have to hold on to life. And I, and I think our broader culture is, is, is finding that out, but I think you're right. They, they're in a place where they like hating the, what's going on. They like yeah, yeah. being cynical. And I, I definitely drinking that haterade. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you and I have talked about this growing up in the punk and hardcore scene. Like you, sometimes you don't feel right if you're not angry at something. Yeah, and I'm not, so weird. Dude. And like, not like righteous anger, being angry at the things that God is angry at, but being angry at the man or being angry at the people who make fun of you because you wear clothes, certain types of clothes or, you know, w- wanting that chip on your shoulder. Like this election season that we've been through, this pandemic we've been through, that people want a chip on their shoulder because their job's not what they want it to be. Their Thanksgiving wasn't what they wanted it to be. And so they needed something to find joy in. And mm-hmm. all they could find joy in was being angry. Yeah mocking the other side, disbelieving mm-hmm. this person and believing this person. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a dark time, man. In Advent, just just is like a bomb in the middle of all of it and says, yeah. hey, what if your best days are still in front of you? Mm-hmm. What if the glory days are actually in yes. front of you? What if Jesus really is coming back? Yeah. I love it. Yeah, 2019 wasn't the best year. Oh, dude. Oh, my gosh, dude. You, I... I laughed last week when I was preparing my when I was preparing my sermon for the first week of Advent. I pulled up my my sermon for the first week of Advent 20, 2019, and I was reading it. And I had this little note in the margin of the sermon that I didn't preach, but in the margin of the sermon, I had this little note that says, "Doesn't it feel like God has abandoned us sometimes in the darkness of twenty nineteen?" And now I'm like, oh, sweetheart. Yeah. <laughs> you have no idea what's what's in front of you in 2020. And that's it's so crazy. That just shows how humanity is so fragile and fickle. Mm. But the, the timeless God that we worship, he's holding all things in his hands. And pandemics come and they go. Um, 
kingdoms and rulers change, but mm. but his kingdom cannot be shaken. His his uh, sovereignty over the world does not. And I I believe and I hope in the fact that he's going to fulfill his promise to send Jesus back again mm-hmm. to bring his church into new creation. Amen, dude. That's that's what we have to hold on to. Well, that's, that's a good place to end, man. Do you have a last word or anything like that? I think that was it. Well, sweet church, it, like we said in the beginning of this podcast, if you walk away from this podcast and the only thing you take away from it is the self-diagnostic tool of the question, what creative ways can I get Advent into the hearts of my kids or into the hearts of my marriage or just in, into my own heart? If you walk away with that one question and you begin to think creatively and faithfully about different ways that you can practice Advent, then that that would be a win. Mm-hmm. Um Honestly, I don't feel like there's a right way and a wrong way to practice Advent. The only wrong way is to just reject it and ignore it. So use it as a discipleship tool for yourself if you're single, or you and your roommates if if you've got if you live in an apartment, or you and your family if you've got kids. But walk away from this podcast asking, what creative and faithful ways can can I get Advent into my heart? Yes. So. We love you guys, and whether you live in Des Moines or elsewhere, whether you worship with Frontier or elsewhere, we hope that this podcast helps you worship local.